0: Up, and All Hope listeners, you're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi folks, it's Old Man Grognard here on a Saturday. It's going to be a great day. I hope you're having a good day. Hope you will have a good day too. And let's see, we are going to start off with a couple of voicemails. First off, John at Red Dice Diaries wants to comment on my Gripes episode, so go ahead, John.
1: Hi, Glenn. It's John from Red Dice Diaries. Enjoyed listening to your Gripes episode. I particularly agree with the fact that I think it's important for GMs to have some sort of a plan when they go into a game, than game someone having to stop a game in the middle and scrabble around and try and pour something together. And it's always very obvious when that happens. So I think having just that little bit of prep when you go in is a really, really good thing. Anyway, enjoying the podcast, man. Keep it up, and I'll catch you soon. Take care.
0: Thank you, John. I appreciate
1: it. Yeah, you got
0: to have a plan when you go into a game. I've been burned by a couple of people like that. I had a, let's see, I had a con... There was this guy, this was like a long time ago, this is ancient history, there was this guy who invited everybody and anybody to come into his game. He had a whole bunch of pre-gens, and he was running Call at Cthulhu. I remember that. And the thing is, he said, here, play for an hour or two, and then you can leave. I can get you in and get you out of the scenario. Well, as far as I could tell, there wasn't much of a scenario, because he basically had people wander around and he cut to different groups and things like that. And they weren't really doing anything. So, like, after 30 minutes, I left. And do you have any clue about what the story is happening? Because nothing is happening. That kind of thing. And I also had a friend who used to run a Champions game that got me really, really frustrated because he would run something. He would run a story over several weeks, and i just i found the story incomprehensible something about a spaceship lost somewhere near earth and i just every time i came in it's like well could you do a recap what would what are we doing and then he'd act like we were stupid because we couldn't follow his story well i got a clue for you pal i can't and neither can anybody else at this table so don't give me that kind of stuff and anyway thank you thank you very much john and also we've got michael C- uh colin from spike pit he's calling in take it away colin
1: hi glenn's Colin here spike pit easy tiger man you're on your soapbox today mate but i'll tell you what you're hitting some of my favorite peeves there um overproduced precious books that i'm scared to touch definitely Sprawling monster stats, get out of my face! Can't be doing with them. Wanna like you say a one line or oh something you can get down without having to fill up reams and reams of paper. No plan, GMS. You're joking me. You can't call yourself a GM without a plan. What's going on there? And then slide flourish. Totally, totally Sly Flourish is my main man. I've backed his latest Kickstarter for the new um Lazy Dungeon Master. Looking forward to that coming out. And Box Text. What's wrong with Box Text? I like it. Uh gimme more. Catch you later, mate. Well done.
0: Thank you, Colin. Oh boy, there's a lot of stuff on there you like. Yeah, I'm glad I hit most of your peeves. There there were there were a few to me sounds like nitpicking, but you know, things like box text really don't bother me. You're right. they don't bo- I can understand why they bother other people, but they don't bother me because of what I can do with them. Because I know what they're there for. It's for GMs who just don't have the, the wherewithal, confidence, experience, whatever, to actually put, them in, put it in your own words. So they put those in there. So they know where the story's going and what to tell. This is what you tell the players. You usually have to that's usually the the gist of it right there and yeah, pretty books, pretty books, Put them on the coffee table. Don't use them in the game. So that's all I gotta say about that and all the other stuff anyway, but anyway, thank you, thank you, Colin. very much for that. So I was thinking this morning about. Tricks and traps, and how I underuse them. Well, at least I underuse traps. Tricks, you know. I've come up with a couple of tricks in the dungeon, but they come up—they're rather of the cheesy variety. So I don't use tricks very much. And also, I always feel like they're there to show, to—they're there to fuel the GM's ego, like look how clever this is and to me puzzles and tricks just have yeah and puzzles are in there too puzzles are just oh if you don't do them right man they will stop a game dead so you gotta they're they're very hard to do for for me puzzles riddles whatever oh a really good one is i mean when it works it's great tricks and puzzles when they work it's great but most of the time, it's a little too obscure for everybody. So, everybody stands around and goes, well, what are we going to do? And the GM has to drop hints and all this other stuff. And I've seen it devolve into a big mess. So, I don't use very much of them. Unless I can find a really good one somewhere or I can actually come up with it. Now, traps. Traps are fun. Traps can be fun if you do it right, if you got a good one. I've just done the basic, you don't see the pit, you fall into it, to something more elaborate. I think I've gone on for a couple of traps that I've talked about. Uh, One of my favorite ones was in my my short-lived Fifty Fathoms game, where I put a chest in the middle of a room, bolted to the floor, but they didn't know that. So... What would happen is somebody would go up. Oh, uh, anything gonna get me? No, uh, you don't see any. But you don't see anything. Okay, fine. Usually somebody will go up and try and open the chest. And when they grab the lid and open it, they're usually bent down. So ask them to make a dex roll just in case. And if they make a, a well, it's an agility roll in Savage Rolls, But if they make it, they're fine. If they don't, they get hit with a cannonball. Because, I don't know if they notice this or not, but on one wall, there is like a trap door that won't come open. You open the lid of the chest and the trap door opens. There's a cannon there that fires a cannonball at your head. And if it misses you, it plants itself in the wall. So, and there's nothing in the chest too. They bend over and there's nothing in the chest. They can't move the chest. I, I just I just like that trap. And it's also got treasure in it, but they don't know unless they're unless they really like I'm I'm looking at this thing, I'm looking at the room, I'm looking at, the cannonball is gold. It's a solid gold cannonball. That's the treasure. But you get, might get your head taken off getting it. That's my favorite one of my favorite traps. I've also come up with trap a trap that I used I haven't used yet, but I wanted somebody to fall into a pit, a shallow pit, with a, like, rungs on the edge so they can climb out, but the the bottom rung is just out of reach. So they gotta, they gotta jump to get the bottom rung. And if they keep jumping, like, oh, just a minute, you just, uh, oh, one more, you might make it! And if they jump high enough... They will fall through the bottom of that floor. And usually if they fall in there, oh, I forgot to tell you, it's got like your, your ankle deep in blood or something sticky like honey or something. But blood, let's let's take the blood option for a minute. You break through the floor, which means you get covered in this stuff. And you land in, on the next level in a room with a nest full of sturges. And if you take the sticky sweet option, it will be something like honey or something. You get coated with it. There's nothing in the room. You walk out of the room and you get it attracts something that likes, that can smell you. You can smell all of the, the honey or whatever is on you. Something like a grizzly bear or some other monster that likes sweets so there's that it's a little more elaborate but i like it one of these days i'm going to get to use it as far as trap books go i used to read the grimtooth stuff i don't because it's a nice they're a nice read but most of them i cannot i cannot fathom using them in my dungeon. Now, I'm talking about Grimtooth's Traps, the original. I haven't seen all the other... the series that went out and all that, but I seem to remember looking through the books and it's like, these are all designed to kill characters. And I'm not really into killing characters per se. I could use, oh, maybe one or two traps, but I'm I'm not going to set up a death dungeon. I really don't want to set up a death dungeon. And if it's got, like, variable... And it probably does now. Variable lethality of the traps—that's good. I—I I could probably work with that. But it, it just seemed like every trap was trying to kill a character in there, and I didn't want anything to do with it. Now maybe I should go back and look again. You know, this is Steve Crompton's baby, and he's a good—he's a good author. So maybe I ought to take another look at it. But as far as traps go. You got to plan the trap as far as planning the traps go you know I it, it I've come, I've seen some good ones in a lot of modules but the two I told you about those were what I came up with and those were hard thought it's another it's another case of saying what if And it just follows the natural course of what if there was a golden cannonball? What if somebody got attacked by Sturges? How? Why? That kind of thing. And there's also things like you'll find in the dungeon traps that have been tripped. Traps that reset or traps that don't reset. That can tell you a lot about the dungeon. So... That's a good thing because it's all part of the dungeon dressing. It's all part of the dungeon history. So I'm not poo-pooing traps. I like traps. I just think they should be used judiciously. And I just, I don't think of them very often. It just seems like when I get a dungeon and I'm doing my own dungeon, I spend too much time trying to populate it with critters and treasure. And I forget about the traps and I shouldn't. Also traps have to make sense as far as what are they there for? What are they what is their purpose other than to inconvenience Harry or kill characters? Because to me that's not a be all and end all. Once again, the 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 dungeon has to make some kind of sense, some kind of a, First of all, you have to you have to why is the dungeon there in the first place? But that's a whole other thing I want to get to. So the trap has to make sense. We'll just concentrate on the trap. I want to do something about the logic of dungeons later, so I'm not going to talk about that. So the trap has to make sense. And there's got to be... Usually it's for security. And usually you have to come up with some excuse like the the mage was mad or the guy was really paranoid. He's been long... Or the, the, the cult... Of whatever the priesthood put these here for acolyte to keep acolytes out or to test them or something like that. Anyway, that's my spiel on traps. Oh boy. So I think I will go and enjoy the day. And I hope you also have a good day out there. I hope you have a great day actually. And until we meet again, keep the dice warm. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.